Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. More NBA Finals means more Through the Wire, man. I mean, even after the NBA Finals, you still go get Through the Wire. We, you know, all day 365. That's uh, how we do things around here. I'm going to do an episode. For, you know it. Um, where I don't refer to everybody's backgrounds because it's pretty much the same thing. Except for one thing has changed. The Oakland A's hat is gone from Pierre's set. Thank you. Oh. Oh, is it? Oh, you oh, didn't even know? He so said I, either. Uh, like, he didn't <laughs> take it down. I, yeah, I did a hat collection video, and I had to take it to put it with all the hats. So I guess when I put mm-hmm. them away, it was there. It's good. It's good. I don't know. I haven't watched a single pitch of baseball since that moment. The White Sox lost, so I don't even know if they're still in it. But, hey, it is what it is. Let's get into some basketball talk, man. Uh, last episode, we were talking about the first two games and how uh, it looked like it was over. I think some people on the panel here called it a sweep. And then we have the Jimmy Butler game where he drops a 40-point triple-double to keep the heat alive and give them this new kind of energy. Mike, I'm letting you go first. Your recap of game three. How do you feel as a Lakers fan? First of all, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not the one that said that I had the heat, uh, the Lakers sweeping the heat. I had the Lakers in five. I knew that the he was going to come out and win the game. But Who said sweep, though? No, yeah, I think that was D. Mills. It was D. Mills. Uh, he said they I don't mean, have a chance to win a game is what he said. A chance. The I NBA Finals team. Jimmy. I didn't see this in Jimmy. The NBA Finals team doesn't have a chance to take a game. It's a reason why they're there, man. Yeah. But, I mean, from my, my reaction to the game, it, it just looked like one of them games where the Lakers just, they were a step behind. I think a lot of things just kind of went wrong for the Lakers. Uh, AD obviously got in foul trouble, and so he wasn't at his full impact, especially when you got to kind of play with those fouls. But for the Heat, man, Jimmy Butler played with, you know, all heart. And I think that was his best game just, like, ever. Yeah, I was going to say before, I was thinking, like, man, he has some 50-point games like that, but it, it don't matter when this is this is in the finals and, and you win a game, you pull it out like that. He was playing like he was already down 3-0. So that's the type of energy that, you know, that he were going to have if they were going to be able to take down the Lakers, especially missing starters. I think this could be a turning point in the sense that the Heat, if they win somehow, if they win tonight too, it, it could be an all-out dogfight. It, it could be an all-out dogfight for the rest of the series. Yeah, the, the other, the 50-point game you're referring to happened against the bad 76ers when he was in Chicago, so that don't really count yeah. like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I remember his highest-scoring games was from Chicago. Game. He, yeah. They needed all those points that he no, got. No, facts. No, facts. <laughs> every single one, every single one. And it ended up being like a 10-point game, but it was right there for the Lakers. Like, for the majority of the game, they kept it within, like, that 10-5 range, brought we it in. Oh. Uh, but both, I mean, uh, it, it works. Yeah, both, both, yeah, both games work. Either way, Jimmy Butler, I, I was super surprised at how Jimmy Butler played because, I mean, we talk about it. This dude, like, he, we know he can score the ball. He can put his head down. But a lot of those times where he actually he ends up making a pass, he was just, you know, taking a shot, being aggressive and saying, you know, I got to make sure we win this game. And then he was still making a very uh, beautiful pass, especially at the end of the game. He had a lot of, like, passes where he, he had to trust his teammates to knock down the shot, and they came through. Yeah, good. Hats off to Jimmy Butler. Hats off to the Miami Heat, but um, I, I don't. This this is probably one of the most embarrassing losses that the, the Lakers have had this playoffs. Uh, for y'all to be down, for y'all to dominate that team at full strength by thirty in the first game, and then they lose two starters that are as important as they are because Drogic has been, you know, their leading scorer for majority of the playoffs. And Bam, had, we know what Bam does; he just makes the winning plays for them. And for for the, the Lakers to lose this game. 
it was just it was just strange to me. Uh, it came out very like a daysical, uh, like they didn't care, like they were comfortable, which I think is something LeBron was hinting hinting to in Game One about the pre-celebrating and doing all the extraness. Let's stay locked in, and that's exactly <clears throat> what happened. They came out and they didn't look locked in as they did the first two games. And like Mike said, if there's some way that they can pull it off and, and tie this game up, and then also while doing so. There are other guys that they were missing who they just went without are only getting closer and closer to playing. Like Bam has been updated to probable, and it's a chance he might play tonight. I don't know if he will, but it's a chance. So the more and more they extend this series, the more healthier they'll get and the more better they'll be, um, you know, because they, they figured out something or they now have something that they can hold on to to say, this is how we won, and they can take that and, and it could be a blueprint for them the rest of the series. Now, the Lakers are still the, the um, favorite, and they still have the 2-1 advantage, and they still have the advantages that they had to win the first two games. But I think a team like Miami, who is just, you know, led by a dog, they're breeding dogs, and they have that dog mentality, you don't want them to be able to smell, quote-unquote, blood in the water. Because then now you have a team where they were down 2-0, you were able to kind of start, start, you know, putting the – putting the rest of the the, uh, the dirt on them to, to bury them. And now you give them some type of hope. Now they see some daylight at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's just the worst thing you can give a hungry team who is playing with house money coming into this series. Like every, like the Lakers should win this series. The Miami Heat have nothing to lose. This is a great season just for them to get this far. And they just, you know what I mean? Like all of the pressure has been on L.A. since it was 0-0. Now you're 2-0. The team... Uh, is down two starters, and now it's 2-1. They possibly get a little bit more healthy. They now have some shit that they can refer to on how they won. This is how we can win. This is what we need to do. And if they continue to do it, and like Mike said, pull one out, we we talking 2-2. And I, like I said, the Lakers are still still the favorites, but I, I just wouldn't want to give a team like this any hope. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I hear you, bro. Because uh, when you look at the – way LeBron played, he had eight turnovers. I mean, you don't really expect LeBron to come out in the finals game and have eight turnovers. I can't really think of anybody in the finals that have came out, and you can legitimately say that they outplayed LeBron besides Kevin Durant. And it's kind of crazy to think that Jimmy Butler came out, and he just gave it, like, he was just giving it to LeBron. And he was guarding LeBron on the opposite end. I think he guarded him for, like, 30-plus possessions that game. And then in those possessions, Jamie had, like, nine points and, like, seven turnovers. Mm -hmm. So, like, he he, Jimmy's going to be – will fatigue – do y'all think fatigue may come in? Because that was a lot of energy and a lot of effort to come My in, first come question, he game. played on the Tom Thibodeau. He's good. My first question and is – Yeah. I mean, it's they, – they've been playing super hard. But my, my first question is, can Jimmy Butler somewhat replicate the game he had? You know, it don't got to be the 40-point triple-double, but he's going to have to take a, a effort like that for them to win another game. Regardless, even if they do have Josh Gerber, I think it's going to take uh, effort like that from Jimmy for right. them to win. And I think that's the hope, right? Bam comes back, and then you don't have to rely on Jimmy Butler to drop a 40-point triple-double to ease, like, not to, not to ease through, but to get there. It wasn't like it was a 40-point triple-double and they won convincingly. They got they got the win, but it was like, think about all the factors that played into us. Jimmy Butler has the greatest game of his NBA career, because we got to say NBA, because according to Jimmy Butler, he had a game when he was 17 that was better, whatever. So he has the best game of his NBA career, right? Anthony Davis has the worst game of his playoff career. I mean, you you got to remember, Anthony Davis has averaged 30 points per game. Not just this playoffs, but his entire playoffs career. He had 15 points. So, he was negative 26 in the plus minus. Exactly. So Jimmy's greatest game, 
AD's worst game, LeBron did not have a good game. I don't care what the final box score said. DeMille's mentioned that the turnovers are deadly. He never had them. He didn't have a moment where he looked like he was the best player on the court. All of that came into a factor for them to win a game. Can they do that again? Probably not. But maybe there is another recipe that we don't know about that equals a win. Because if you take take a look at what Eric Spolstra did the first two games versus what he did in game number three, dramatically different. First two games, they ran a ton of zone because they thought that was the only way to stop Anthony Davis. And what did Anthony Davis do? Killed them on the offensive glass. So what they did in game number three is like, we're going to, I think they ran like three to four possessions total of zone. When in game one and game two, that's pretty much all they ran exclusively. So they get rid of the zone. And then the Lakers have this thing where they try to do the PNR to get Duncan Robinson on LeBron. The Heat were not switching anything. They fought over those screens. They went under him. Whatever it took to never allow Duncan Robinson to be guarding LeBron James worked. And then instead of throwing Jay Crowder at Anthony Davis, they're like, we go put Iggy on him. You know, Iggy has the reputation of being able to just, even though he doesn't match up very well to Anthony Davis, he's a very smart defender and he got him into foul trouble. And he, he, Anthony Davis wasn't allowed to really get any momentum whatsoever throughout this game. So maybe there is another formula that has pieces of formula of game number three. Regardless, I'm hoping there is. I want as many games as basketball as possible. I want this series because first two games, it did not feel like the finals. It felt like there was going to be another series after. That's something we talked about. But now after the game three, that was the first game that felt like an NBA finals game. And I need more well, of that. Even in game two, you know, I know it wasn't as close. They've all. It always felt like the Lakers had a good enough distance, but they played much better in that game than the first game. The, yeah. You know, they, they, the they offense was there. Really the offense was there. They just didn't know how to get stops and didn't know how to get rebounds. But and then they put that together in Game Three too. Without their two starters, they kind of settled down and have played somewhat better. So, you know, getting those guys back and now being settled to have that could be the difference. Make it right there. Just having Bam out there. Um, and, and, and him affecting the game in the ways he can would be good. I wouldn't count on Anthony Davis having that same type of game at all. But, you know, you still got to find a way to win. Maybe it's Jimmy being aggressive. I know other guys are going to have to make shots. That's – they're going to have yeah. to. Tyler Hero came off to a really slow start. He came out late in the fourth quarter, which where you saw that big snarl, which was – I thought it looked terrible. <laughs> he would but, put that everywhere. You saw the grill. Somebody photoshopped the grill in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the most least intimidating snarl I've ever seen. <laughs> but no, he had timely buckets. He, you know, yeah. he didn't shoot shoot it great, but he had like the and one at the end. He had another little flip up that was like when the Lakers were maybe starting to get momentum. Tyler Hero had a couple big buckets. And you'll take uh, that. Defensively, what I like from the Heat is that how you pointed out they weren't switching. I think that was a big game changer because LeBron never got that mismatch that he really was searching for the whole game. And then they also was giving um, Anthony Davis random double teams. They was making him uncomfortable. And I mm-hmm. feel like he he was more so playing thinking more so than just playing natural basketball. And I think that's something that you can't do when you're on the court. And that's how you end up with 15 points and not playing your comfortable game. Which is facts. I mean, you said that they didn't switch, but the Lakers switched everything. That allowed Jimmy Butler to take advantage of things. Anytime Jimmy Butler had somebody that was smaller on him, he took him right to the basket. Anytime he had somebody like the size of LeBron or bigger, he kicked it out. Like, that was his recipe. I'm going to get to the basket or I'm going to kick it out. And it worked perfectly. And I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of fans on Twitter um, complaining about the refereeing of this game. I did not see any bad refereeing. Sure, it, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either. And then it reminds me that a lot of people may not have watched Jimmy Butler this season to know that he actually just gets to the line this much. Like, that's just who he has been this entire season. I'm so tired of hearing that shit. 
Like, just shut the fuck up, please. This is the way it up. is, bro. <laughs> and then, like, the final numbers is like, sure, Anthony Davis was in foul trouble, but he still played 30-plus minutes. He after yeah. he got foul number four, on, on uh, that's the one foul after I rewatched them all that was like, ah, uh, maybe not a foul. But either way, after he got that foul, it's not like Frank Vogel took him out of the game. He played the he remainder of that quarter. Yeah, he, he left him And in. he played good in the third quarter. He actually was really good in the third quarter. So, so it's like... Sure, Andy Davis in foul trouble, but that was not the determinant factor of him scoring 15 points. He just wasn't aggressive in his minutes. Somebody's always going to be in foul trouble. No, never going to be 15 free throws, 15 free throws. I, I'm tired of hearing that shit. Don't tweet me about no free throws. Because I'm going to just tell free you that don't know shit about basketball and you shouldn't be watching. I think the free throws are even. It was 29 to 23. Yeah, it was even. <laughs> it was even, and the Lakers actually shot more free throws than the Heat. Yeah, it's just, that's why it doesn't make sense. Yeah, fan, fandom is weird because that's how it always is. Even if it, yeah, even if it is lopsided, that what the fuck? Somebody's attacking the basket. Jimmy Butler is attacking the basket way harder than anybody else on the Lakers team. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. You can bring up the foul situation. The Lakers shot more foul, foul shots than the fouls. Heat. And then even like LeBron's fouls, they were just swiping at him in the lane, and he wouldn't even like yeah. get in real contact really. So, no, that was wrong. I mean, because they just kept swiping at the ball. Just, just like, yeah. If you're gonna foul LeBron, you have to wrap him up, bro. And he was just getting in ones every time. Every time, every time. But overall, I mean, game three was just about as fun as a finals game we've had this year, and that's exactly what we need. I thought to Jimmy for bringing that energy out, man. Facts, facts, and shout out to the surrounding pieces, because I mean, Jimmy Butler was making those passes, but. The players were hitting them. Kelly Olynyk had a good game. Bro, we talked Kelly about game number two, right? We, we talked about game number two where he had a, like a 24 and 9. But that 24 and 9 meant nothing because he was letting Anthony Davis dog him. But now he had whatever it ended up being, that game was more impactful than his game two, even though game two stats were better. Yeah. Kelly Olynyk just seemed like one of those players that he, he just seemed fearless when he taking them shots. Like a lot of those shots he, he looked like he taking, they just look ill of ass, but – I mean, he's one of those players that when he's on your team and he's playing maybe 15, 20 minutes, he could actually – he could go out there and do something. He could have those 20-point games and just have, like, big rebound games. So I think that that's a nice little factor for them when Bam is – you know, he's out and whatnot. But I think they're, they're going to need just not only, you know, the Jimmy the Jimmy Butler game, but they're going to need everybody, you know. That's what they've been doing all season. It's not time to change now. What what about your boy Deadshot? What's up with him, bro? Bro, he got played off the court. <laughs> like literally, he got played off the court. You know, played fifteen <laughs> minutes. But hey, I can't lie. When you're in the playoffs, like it's going, it's, you're going to need other players to step up. And we did. Marquis Morris and Kuzma. They was, Morris, yeah. they was knocking, knocking down the. And threes. that's why this should have been a game that y'all, y'all won because Marquis was like incredible. Allen, the, yeah. the man did the th the three celebration. Yeah, he he dragged the little thing across the floor. So, I mean, I thought we were gonna. I thought that was one of the runs where we were gonna take that lead, but the Heat pulled it out. Mm -hmm. I would literally bait Danny Green into taking shots because mm -hmm. LeBron's going to kick. Like, and that's a shame, bro. <laughs> that's a shame. You're baiting a, one of the one of the known shooters in the league that he, I guess he just can't hit a shot, man. Well, you know, one oh, one factor may be just because, you know, role players play off the crowd and the momentum of the crowd. And he's probably one of those dudes where he, he feeds off the energy of the crowd. I don't want to hear that, D-Man. I'm hey, just being serious. Like, he don't have funny, that energy. Don't make me now. Cause our because our friend Terrence he places you know he does uh whatever the fan do whatever you have to place bets on like a player getting a certain amount of points, and he's he'll pick Danny Green he'll be like bro, 
Danny Green has been more open. Like he's been open at least ten times and has not hit one shot. <laughs> like, that's, that's damn near eight extra possessions for the Heat. I would happily bait him into taking that. I guarantee Danny Green has made more threes in the empty gym than in a field. One. So yeah. the excuse of fans are not theirs. It's, it's, it's just, no, don't make that excuse for him. I'm not just trying him. to help him out. I'm sorry. Don't do that. He's a grown ass man who's a professional <laughs> making fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 do that, Danny Green. Come on now. I would yeah. made him two D mills until he made one. Yeah, he's over four, over six. Make him make one. Then we'll shade to him a little bit. Gonna have to make it. LeBron gonna kick it to him. LeBron's never gonna not trust him to shoot him. Yeah, because you know why? Because LeBron's smart. If he's missing, LeBron's gonna be like, I'm. He got bro. Our percentages say he's got a big game. He's gonna up. hit one. He's gonna hit no, one. He's, definitely he's due. He's due. Now it, it depends what type of is it the game where he is one to two and we're like okay, or is it a game that's where he busts out and he hit five? He hit that's five. all. If he, he busts out five game, whew, that's a twenty point win for the Lakers. Yep. Easy. All they need is two, two from him and three from Carl Caldwell Pope, or two. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all they need. That's why I Pope only had five points as well. Yeah, that's, that's why I'd be like, I'll be Xavier was Morris, Morris and Kuzma. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kuzma saw that potential, man. He won't. He won't going for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny they, that you actually made that. They actually Mike signed that. it. Are you signed it, Mike? No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we What's got uh, tonight. Yeah, we got game four tonight, man. Bro, um, I think that this has a potential for AD to have that bounce back. We could see his best game. I think so. If it, I know LeBron is in his ear like, man, hey, these dudes not messing with you, bro. Mm. You can literally go out there and drop 50. I hope LeBron is telling 80 in that year because I need him to do that That's the thing that was disappointing is if they win, LeBron makes his MVP case much better than he, does. That he has that 15-point game. Yeah, I was so, actually surprised that LeBron with AD struggling and then just like take over completely and just yeah. be like, Mm-hmm. I got us and put the whole Maybe team. Maybe that's not that's his DNA he, no more. It's oh, he's stop old. it. Stop it. He like, did, he did that. Past, that's what he would do. He did that in he did that in uh, game five against yeah, the Nuggets. No, I think I'm, I'm he did that trash. game five against the Nuggets. He put it away. Yeah, I'm talking trash. But no, it, for real, P. And I think it could also a little bit help that narrative for AD since he had a bad game and that was the game they lost. So sure. come out and snap. But then both of them had a bad game at the end of the day. Yeah. They both had bad games. But Anthony Davis had the worst game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically people, people are gonna look there. at that. People Anthony, gonna look at that almost thirty point triple double from. Boy, his, that's the case for Jimmy Butler, bro. You know, they come back in this series, bada boom, bada bam. Finally, <laughs> oh, I mean, if they Butler. come back in a series and win, hell yeah, Jimmy Butler. But if they lose, <laughs> I don't want to hit Jimmy Butler or Kelly Olynyk. Now he gonna be one. Of the, he gonna be the second player in NBA history to win Finals MVP on the losing team. That would be ridiculous. Who's the first? D Mills, Mike. I don't remember. Hmm. I don't know, but I know it was a good-ass score. <laughs> so he had to be, right? To win finals MVP on the losing team. What team did he play on? Um, the Lakers. Might give it away. Magic? No. I'm sorry. I got Kareem? Huh? Kareem? No. Oh. And I don't know. Yeah, I got no clue. <laughs> you got no clue? You're a Lakers fan. You better start throwing NBA. All right. At least he didn't say Michael Jordan. That would have been wild. <laughs> 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 I'm 
never lost one. So if you like, I'm actually, I'm actually disappointed in y'all. The only player to ever win Finals MVP while losing a series. Um, think LeBron about had a conversation for it that, that year of Matthew Delvin over and them. LeBron had a conversation for it, but they wouldn't do that in today's game. Think of but, logos. Think of crossovers. Oh, Jerry West. Jerry West. Oh. Jerry West, man. It was Jerry West. I, now I want to look up. Okay, I gotta look up what was his stat line and that's like what was he averaging to do that? What were the other dudes top dude doing? That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Whoa. It was literally the first year of the award too. That's mm. very interesting. That's a very that's a very, very interesting thing. The nineteen sixty nine NBA finals, Jerry West. It was the very first year of the award, not of the finals. So but that's probably award. why he did win it. They probably didn't have that like structure where they were probably not gonna give it to a play on a losing team. Bro, okay, okay, here it is, here it is, here it is. So the winning team, Boston Celtics, um, Hondo, John Havlicek averaged 28, 11, and four. Pretty good. Nice. And they didn't win finals MVP because Jerry West, the series went to seven, by the way. It wasn't like it was a four type thing. And in this series, he averaged 38, seven assists, five, five rebounds. <laughs> Damn. And remember, no three-point I mean, line, so I was at 38. Yeah. He was on his James Harden. Now, here and there, like, it doesn't <laughs> seem I'm the realm of possibility, but it just seems like it's got to go. It's got to go to the winning team's best player. Yeah. I mean, Will Chamberlain was in this series. He only averaged 11 points per game at 32 years old. It wasn't even like he was super old. I don't yeah. – I need to know – he Bill was Russell clamped. was on another team. Bill Russell was clamping up. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Bill Russell was out here, bro. Um, but, yeah, LeBron had a you know a conversation for that, that one year. And, mm. obviously, it didn't happen. But if it did happen, come on, bro. I got a question. I, I keep seeing this on Twitter. Are y'all taking Jimmy over Paul George in a playoff series if you had to put one of them on your team? In a playoff no. series, yes. No, I'm not personally. I think so. I, I would I would take him over him in a playoff series 100. percent No, the way Paul George been playing in them playoffs, bro. Yeah, I mean it's easy to say that, but Paul Even George. Even outside of that, but we, he also yeah. has a, a a stretch where he was immaculate in the playoffs against LeBron James. That was a while ago, though. It's been I mean, he's it's had a couple not, chances. He's had a couple it, chances to redeem himself. Man. He's kind of fell short. Doc Rivers as a championship coach. That was a while ago. He's blown two, three, one leads since then. That don't disappear. I don't understand that logic in NBA. That's fine picking Jimmy Butler. What's just said? I think I think the logic is that he's a different player now than he was then. I think that's what the logic is. I, I still think he's he's a, a su- superb NBA player. I don't think he's below average. I think he's no, still, nobody, nobody here would say that. Hell no, nobody, nobody here says that. that. I would, I would, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a. Yeah, and then nothing wrong with taking Jimmy Butler, but the whole idea that Paul George is just you, you just just no discussion is, is wild to me. No, this discussion. I just don't believe in we don't erase. Yeah, shit has been a while, but it don't, that only erase off your resume. Erase we still, wait, shit. Erase who, um, even Marcus Saul. We people were still bringing up his defensive player of the year, and that was way a while ago because it's still there. Doc Rivers is still a championship coach, even though it was a while ago. Yeah, I just took it as like as of right now, who would you rather have in a playoff series? And that's easily Jimmy Butler for me. Well, I mean, if you put anything as of right, I mean, you should you might take Kawhi if it's as of right now. Jimmy Butler is in the finals. It no, just, I was I would take Kawhi with Jimmy Butler. LeBron out rebound him and out system. Nobody has ever done that. Jimmy Butler is the, is a hot topic to pick right now. I would, yeah. but even even before this, I would pick I would pick Jimmy Butler. 
I mean, I, I would pick Kawhi Leonard over Jimmy, though. He's on, I mean, he's on that's, fire right now. Say it again. He's on fire right now. He is. Yeah, he's he's before the forty-point game, yeah. he would have still picking Jimmy over Paul George. I'm saying he's in the finals right now. So I think it, I think it's also is he but like is before, this is our first pick or is we if we put him alongside a co-star because I think that matters in the conversation too. If you're, if you're saying that you're picking Jimmy Butler before this playoffs, that is wild. Is it? To me, I don't think it's that wild. I, don't I mean, have Jimmy no Butler was an All Star this season. He was the leader of that team. What did you just say, Mike? Paul George want to have no MVP season this year. That's what I'm saying. Before so that's what I'm saying. I thought you said if you picked Jimmy, if you pick Jimmy Butler, we're over talking Paul about George. playoffs. So if we say before this this year's playoffs, then we're talking about past playoffs, Mike. But I, I wasn't even just thinking about playoffs. I just mean in, in like overall. Oh, the question, I was just going off what the question was asked, guy. Mm-hmm. He said playoffs. I, I'm I'm riding my boy PG. That is a very co- good question, though. Are we are they the face? Are they with a co-star? Because um, if it's face, I'm like that makes it. I'm making a case for Jimmy Butler even more. But if this is a co-star, maybe I would pick Paul George. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the co-star too. Because I, I, I replayed Jimmy Butler with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> 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 that is tough for anybody. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to Russ, but that that's been shown to be a little tough. What about y'all two, Derek, Mike? Did y'all? Uh, answer? As of, I, I don't know. I love Paul George, but I love Jimmy so much. I don't know, bro. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jimmy. I'm gonna go Jimmy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's it pick one. It ain't yeah, really. Bro. I mean, I, it, I know it's tough, but hypothetical, having fun. Oh. I, I would take Jimmy Butler too. Just says what about like Clay? The, if you put Clay, Clay? In, hey, hey, I think I, it matters the rest of the thing though. Is he number one? If he's number one, yeah. I'm pick. I'm probably taking Jimmy. But like as a secondary, I'm probably taking Clay Thompson. There's no better two. There's, yeah, there's no yeah. better two than Clay, bro. Yeah. Ain't no, ain't no two out there that's gonna go get you fifty. I'm yeah. taking without, without dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine going to a game where you got a guard to do it and give you 50, but he's not probably going to dribble that he's much? He's just going to be running, bro. You running the marathon. Yeah. Who's another guy that can go in that conversation with Paul George and Jimmy that you just asked? Who's another guy? Jason Tatum. Um, who, who, I don't Jason know. Tatum is like right there, I think. If not already there, but he's like a, maybe a step below. I'd probably pick Jimmy Butler still. I just can't wait for Paul. I can't wait for Paul George to come back. I can't wait because I it's it's getting ridiculous out here. <laughs> it's been like bro, it's been like three it's been like three playoffs three three years where, yeah where he's kind of had subpar playoffs yeah so that's that's he got what I'm played by Joe Ingles that was kind of the moment where you kind of just like eh. yeah no three three years in a row is hard to like that back right up. there is like that right there is a false narrative to me as well. I don't think Joe Ingles outplayed him. I think Joe Ingles just played really well, and the Jazz won. I if think want- I think he defended the hell out of Paul George. That's for true. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell played really well, but I don't. I don't definitely think- got in Paul George's head. It, it looked like I don't hey, think Joe Ingles do be trash talking, bro. Joe Ingles actually so, be out there trash talking. Go back and forth, and the Jazz were winning, so it made it look like. But he didn't outplay Paul George, and oh, in no circumstance did he outplay Paul George. Was that last year or the year before? I want to go back and look at that. That was, that was like that was the first year. That was a couple. That yeah. was the first year. That was okay. first year. Let's see. Because remember, after that performance, Paul George was like, yeah, I'm going to come back and stuff like that. Mallow was on that team. 2018 playoffs. Uh, only one series, obviously, because they got eliminated. PG in that series averaged 24, uh, six rebounds, two and a half assists, 40% from the field, 36% from three. Those are good numbers. Those are good numbers. And in this, he had a couple 30-point games. He had a couple stinkers. 
Um, and the, the biggest stinker is that last game we put up five points. Two um, for 17. Yeah. And then after this season is the season where he has like the MP, MVP caliber uh, type yeah, season. That was the year they got rid of Melo. Who in that first round? Last they year. Lost. Oh, oh dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> Way yeah. they ass off, man. <laughs> But even in that game, Which I don't put on Paul George. Paul George in that game had 36, 70% from the field. Like, I don't know how much more you want from him. But the narrative. All he had to do. The narrative all he had to do is step up. up. <laughs> to step up. Yeah, that's all. All he had to do is take one step. But one that, step, that, man. That's what I'm saying. It's these narratives. The narratives. But, but then that, again, Paul George comes out and say that's a bad shot. And I can't not. get behind that. And that's one of the re- Like, he, he does this. He does a lot of this. And then it's just like. Come on, bro. Like, give Dame that. I understand where he's coming from. I do, but it's also Damian Lillard. If anybody else in the league taking that shot, it's probably a bad shot. But him, Steph Curry, Trey Young, that's hey. a good shot for those players. Hey, I'm just going to – regardless of whoever it is, when it's the game-winning shot, you got to get – You got to get, go. get a contest. You got to contest the shot. So Derek, remember that? We had somebody – we played a team, and the dude, you would not, he had to be like 5'10", 250 pounds in like freshman and freshman year. And nobody expected this dude to catch the ball. Derek was running out, closing at him, and dude drained it on him. <laughs> it could have been a bad shot, but it's the game winning shot. You got to make sure. Paul George's case, though, it's easier said than done because we're talking about uh, Damian Lillard. This is an elite guard. Paul George can get up, and Damian Lillard can go right around his ass. But I think it was, it was like, like two seconds. Second it was yeah. like two seconds left. What are you going to yeah. go get a layup? No, but he counted it down. He kind of he can make a move quick. We talking about one of the come on, man. Let, let's not act like this is something. He got a he need five seconds to make a move. This is Damian Lillard. He to the and you're gone. And he just he going right into a momentum three point <laughs> shot, which is, I mean, it's just it's easy to say a high side. You're right he though. Did. He should have been somewhat closer. I agree. Actually, but, bro, re looking at this clip, he got a damn good kick test, yeah. bro. He actually got a really right good there. contest he's, on it. Don't forget about his wing. Yeah, he's right there. But I mean, it's just a good shot. But that narrative and that that him holding, of course, and I don't understand why people don't understand. He's a competitor who just lost. Of course, he's gonna say it's a bad shot because it's not. You kind of would want that shot as a defense. That's just a good. He contested yeah. not not yeah. as best as he could have, and as deep and shit. He it's, just got yeah. waved. Off. It's a half court shot at the end. Like of the game. he just brought the numbers. He played his ass off. But people always remember the wave, so they think that he didn't. He was ass. The top comment is that shot was so cold. That PG demanded the trade to the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have too, because I, I would have been like, Russ, you pissed him off. You the one that pissed him off, bro. <laughs> Fuck. And I'm the one they get game for. Your ass should have been out there. Oh, man. Oh, very Russ should have been out there. Russ would have got all in his grill and probably would have fouled his ass. You're not game with him. That boy should have do everything in his will to make sure he don't get that shot out. So, P, you, uh, you had quoted DeMarcus, like, it's getting ridiculous out here. I had also saw the conversation of who you take in your prime, and I, I want to see what everybody else would say. Prime Boogie or Prime Joel Embiid? Oh, oh, that's what Prime Boogie. Prime Boogie, bro. Yeah, Prime, prime Boogie. For real? Yeah, because Prime yeah. Boogie, here's the thing with Boogie. He was able to shoot the three well. His playmaking was good. He was able to handle the ball. It seemed like if he was to have a bad shooting game, it seemed like he could be able to do a little bit more. Maybe – not as defensively as Joel Embiid, but I feel like Boogie had he he was going to keep going. You weren't going to just stop Boogie. Boogie was going to stop himself. Yeah, I felt like the injuries. I, I'm actually surprised that y'all had an answer like that. Or maybe y'all did y'all see it before, or this is y'all first time. I saw. No, I seen it. I seen it before. Okay. So y'all I've had a little time to think about it. Okay. No, yeah. And I respect Boogie. these answers that that they've given. I can see where Mike is going to go. Not to cut you off, Mike, but 
what I wanted a lot of people who responded and replied under my shit to realize is that these are two good, great, great guys in a prime. So when you had, when you're playing, when you're comparing these two type of players, there's kind of no reason to bring up a stat. Like people is in my shit. Like man, he averaged twenty seven right here, and then he. They're both going to average points. They're both going to rebound. <laughs> You're going to have to actually have dialogue on why you think a player is better because the numbers they're both going to have numbers to state their case. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that D Mills didn't bring in numbers. Doesn't look like Mike is about to bring up numbers. And I just think more fans need to realize when you're comparing two great players, whether it's a Paul George and Jimmy Butler, how we just did, it it would be dumb to bring up numbers if I was like, well, Paul George scored blah, blah, blah. Because Jimmy Butler could score blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to have actual dialogue and reasoning to me more than just numbers because they're both going to have numbers to support their case. But my bad. I'm taking Joel, but I'll let Mike go. It could be either or. I mean, to me, the way Bo- Boogie used to play, like, not not how Jokic plays, but he was somewhere close. Like, he was a playmaker center. He was a dude that you could definitely run your offense through. And it wasn't just going to have to be on the block. And so I think that was, you know, a good factor for me. And I think just the p- part of the reason why that Boogie just never, like, panned out and he never, like, fully came up is because I feel like it was just he wasn't winning like that. That Kings was – the Kings organization was terrible. Yeah, it's not his fault I mean, that he never made the playoffs until he got out of there. It's, that is very true. Yeah. And he so was hooking with the Pelicans where they actually were. Like, yeah, the they were they were dominating before he uh, – I forget mm-hmm. exactly what injury he had, but they were looking really good. They were looking 100. Yeah. They were amazing. I mean, he had that one game against the Bulls where he had, like, 40-point triple-double, 20 and rebounds, right. like, like and ridiculous. him with the Pelicans, like, I felt like that wasn't even the full book we seen in Sacramento. You know, I felt like that was just like a portion of it, and he was still very good. Mm-hmm. And he he's never been – yeah, he's never been, like, a defensive anchor type dude. So I'm not going to say, oh, Joel Embiid just – you know, that automatically puts Joel Embiid above him because, I mean, both players have their takeaways. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like – you put a, a player similar to like um, what a Jeremy Grant or something, just like a mobile four that can help him around the rim. He he gonna be just as good. The the yeah. sad thing about Prime Boogie is that I mean he, we're not gonna get that back right, and we right. were never able to see him in a situation that really benefited him to the to the extreme. The closest thing we did get was when he was with the Pelicans and they allowed him to play point center, and that was the best version of him. But I'm taking Joel Embiid again. It's not saying that the market shouldn't be in this conversation because this is a legitimate conversation. Mm-hmm. But the reason I am taking Joel Embiid is that I think offensively they have similar impacts. It's differently. It's done differently. I'm not saying that it's the same. Uh, Boogie was definitely a better shooter. Uh, he's definitely was more respected out there, and that's one of the reasons why he was so good. But what puts it over the top is the defense, right? DeMarcus Cousins has never been a good defender, ever. Like, of course, he can have stops. That's that's true. But I believe that Joel Embiid is, could really be the anchor of a defense and has been the anchor of defenses that were top five, top thing. And, I mean, Joel Embiid is a similar situation to Boogie to an extent where, like, we haven't seen a team built around him. Of course, his roster is good enough to make the playoffs every year or one shot away from being in the conference finals and all of that stuff. But, like, he's going to suffer for at least the foreseeable future as a player that doesn't have a team built around him where, like, if it was built around him, things would be, you know, even better than what they are. But even where they are right now, he's the second best center in the league, which is which is amazing. I'm taking Boogie because uh, basically, like they were saying, I think Boogie is – for him to be the size that he was, he's a three-level score, which is crazy. Um, and even with his defensive, quote-unquote, woes and not being one of the top defensive centers, I, I didn't see them losing many games because he wasn't a- abysmal. He wasn't, like, the worst defending center in the league. When we were when we used to rank him, bro, this guy was 
he had to be like one of our top centers like almost all time. Oh, and his, he was, his prime, he was right there. Right. I mean, because I, I, and, like, and he wasn't winning at all. And it just showed like how much impact he naturally had. And he didn't really like in his time in Sacramento, we didn't really get to see him mature, right? We didn't get to see him like get the the final like finesse or just tune out his game where especially with that playmaker. You know, the same thing we kind of see uh, Joel struggle with uh, passing out a double team or something like that. You can't really do that against Boogie in the way he passes the ball. You know? I, I, yeah, very, very, he's also a turnover. He was also like, I mean, as good I of a the passer he is, he always had so many moments where he threw the ball away too. Well, the ball is always, the ball is ran through him. him. The ball is ran through him. Usually I think people who have the ball in their hands and their usage rate is, is high, they're going to have a lot of turnovers. For but not a one-to-one turnover ratio. Like, that's different. That's yeah. different than just having a lot of turn. A one-to-one turnover ratio is not good. I'm sorry. It's just not. DeMarcus yeah. Cousins also in, in one of the worst situations that we've seen in, in, man, like in the past decade or so. I'm talking about this is the team that drafted Thomas Robinson with the fourth overall pick. Jimmer Fredette was a 10th overall pick. Nick Stauskas was an 11th overall pick. They drafted uh, Papa Giannis when they had – him when they had Marcus Cousins. This is a team that really like shit the bed. Ben McLemore was like the top, that was a fifth overall pick for them. They really had a very, very poor drafting history with him. Like they they couldn't hit for shit on anything. Like that was one of the worst, worst ever times we've seen somebody land a, a player as polarizing or an all-star level player like Boogie and literally can't hit on one draft pick to put around him. The best thing that ever happened to the Kings was the fact that they was able to get Rudy Gay. But outside of them getting Rudy Gay, those draft picks, they could just never hit. Like, not even one was, com- like, complacible. To none, put a- none of those players are in the league anymore. None. Not even close. <laughs> Nick Scousers was the most recent with the Blazers that one year. That, and like, Moore is still here with the Rockets. True. But he had, a, he had to have a whole resurgence to his career. Yeah. Like he was out of he no, was out of the league. Ben McLemore. But we we know we we get what you're saying. All them draft picks, especially Thomas Robinson. I don't remember the last Tom, time. I was yeah, T Rob. Yeah, man. T Rob. Last time we saw him, I can tell you. He got postered. Didn't, didn't we? Las Vegas Summer League. I was gonna say, wasn't he playing at the Las the Vegas first. Summer He's like 30 years old playing wow. with them. I don't even remember that. And he wasn't even dominated. It's not like he was out there dominating. <laughs> I understand people want to bring up success and winning, but like that is literally we can't we can't sit up here and think of another player. From t- from the 2010s that had played with like even John Wall and with the Wizards had Bradley Beal Kelly Oubre you know what I mean like they've had sh- like this dude ain't really had nothing nothing at all and um I just I I like I like his game I think availability is big for me Joel and B you know obviously now Boogie kind of passed his prime a little bit has mm-hmm. had the injuries but in his prime he was super available uh, Joel and B I I, I want to see him. Take a neck. I think there's another step. I think as good as he is now, he's put himself in a position to sometimes be stoppable. And like even in this series when Ben Simmons wasn't there, I, I felt me and Mike picked him because I'm like, shit, he's about to go crazy because there's no Ben Simmons. You got all these other people that are surround him. They just dump it in and there's nobody on the Celtics. But he's so out of shape. He's still settling for threes. There's no Ben Simmons and he's still just shooting jump shots. He's just bailing people out, taking the easy way out. Um, so I want to see him take the next level. And luckily for Embiid, uh, his prime is nowhere near done. So yeah. we can see that like, next year. You know, like, can we can we even say that officially he's in his prime? I would have to say he's in his prime. I would have How to. How old is he? 20, like 25, right? 25. Uh, 25. 25. Where am I, age? And already a multi-time All-Star. Multi-time All-Star. 
And Saint Ben and Ben Simmons is younger than me. Already a multi-time All Star. I, I hate, but I hate he doing won't have that to, like, stuff, bro. Be that, like that playmaker that bro. What KB? Yes, Ben Simmons. I hate I hate doing that with like we talk about players' age and they're like, damn, he really three years younger than me. Bro, same thing with Tyler. That man is in the finals. And he's more than <laughs> two thousand. Like, doing his thing in the finals, and that man is younger than me. Youngest player to start in the NBA finals, right? So, yeah. About ten days, I think they said. Look at you. Oh, you shouldn't have said they said. You should just act like you knew that stat. Oh, Dang, crazy. I just love Boogie's game back in that day, man. It's so heartbreaking to to, to go watch them highlights. And uh, that post definitely made me go watch the highlights. I understand the argument from Embiid. A lot of people going to say the defense. But offensively, Boogie just, oh, my gosh. My His God. offensive talent kind of made you overlook the defensive woes. Like, if, when you go and look up some of Boogie's best it's just, game. It's just numbers, so difficult for, like, that center position is, like, the last line of defense, right? It's just like I, I feel like it's it's gonna be real hard for any team to be able to like build and win win a championship when their their last line of defense is not very good, you know. Like and, and unfortunately, unfortunately for Demarcus Cousins, he never really had the time to maybe change the narrative because remember Jokic's narrative was he can't defend. In the last two seasons, he's been a damn good defender. So Boogie didn't really have the chance to really change the narrative, and he was on the way to it when he was with the Pelicans, right? That team was a great defense, and he was the last guy of defense, even though he was playing alongside Anthony Davis. Um, I just but with hope the Nuggets, that- though, they put the team around Jokic with – like they got good defenders around. They got Millsap, <laughs> Jeremy Grant. They got length they around. Got Gary no, they Harris. got they got very good defense behind. And them. I think that's also another good point too, because I think when it comes to those type of players like Boogie that does so much offensively, you're going to see their best defense in meaningful basketball. I'm just a, I, I'm a believer that you're you're not going to have he's not going to come out and be playing defensive player of the year uh, basketball for a team that's that's winning uh, below thirty games. It's not. And I'm not saying that when he is in the playoffs, he's going to become a defensive player of the year. But all you want is somebody who can be average. You don't even, you know what I mean? Just, just hold your own. And I think it's hard. Just like Zach Levine, Zach Levine has all the all all the tools, physical tools to be a complacent defender. But I don't think we're going to see that until he's playing meaningful basketball. I, I understand that. Basketball I, can be in the regular season, but don't tell me that somebody's going to play their ass off. One of twenty-one team. Just it's just not. It, it doesn't see, make sense. I see. Bro. I see what, what you mean. But don't you want somebody with the mindset like I just want to play it all all the time? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I mean, it's easy to say that, but when a guy is doing as much as they do on the offensive end to keep. But let, let's just hypothetically. How many games did the Bulls win this season? It don't matter. If 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 you play at the level of defense that maybe you have the potential to, you just add in maybe three. Three games, three more wins to your I team. I think it's real easy to say that when a guy is doing that much for you on the offensive end. Yeah, especially when he knows they're not going to be. to a chance to win. But I, I know, again, I understand what you're saying, but I'm just trying to make the argument, like, if, if as an NBA player, if you were like, man, I'm going to give it all on both sides of the floor, you put your team in a better position to win more games so you are make playing meaningful minutes. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but but yeah. but at what risk? This is such a small margin of how many games you're going to win. You're probably going to win, like, two, three more games. Is that really – Worth maybe one sometimes it is that sometimes that would be enough yeah sometimes so it that, is, but that would be enough that, to be in the bubble and that would be enough for you to be on that run and maybe go eight no in the case of Devin and the case of Zach Levine that, that shit wasn't working yeah they wasn't Zach Levine's case no but you you also have to remember that they had aspirations to make the playoffs this season so it's they not like he it. came into it thinking that we're gonna win 20 games no they did and also it's more than him so I mean, he can sure. he can sure. play defense defensive all he all, all he want. That may not change the shit for them. So I mean, it's 
Because look, I think the the point of the Nuggets is a great point. That whichever I think, Demel, did you say that? Yeah. You know, those guys you you bring in and put them around people who's going to you know help them and show them how to. Some people just don't know how to defend. You know, at, at honestly, the, honestly, believe that Zach Levine's one of those guys. Because he has to be right. He has all the physical tools. Jump out of the gym laterally. He has one of the, the quickest first steps in the league, if not the quickest. Mm-hmm. So he's not he's not lacking in any physical and tool. He, he may not have ever had somebody to really sit down and teach him defense. You and know what I'm saying? That's that's low key a shame. Then I mean, he yeah, played for Tom it. Thibodeau right, for a season. But even not- even if that, like, I feel like you just get a little bit like you gain that as you just play basketball. Like you say, okay. I see this dude, like, when I see a guy going to set a screen and it's, like, for a shooter, okay, and not as a pin down. Like, you see that so many times. It's, like, you start to just build how the game goes. That's why you have players that can think two, three steps ahead. Just but I think you, you're making it way more easy than what it is because to be – how many elite defenders are on are, – are just on, on not good defensive teams? Um, Say that one more time. Let's go see. How, how many elite defenders aren't on good defensive teams? Like, have we ever seen an elite defender be on the last ranked? Def- no, there, I mean, there's no reason. I, because it's no a reason to. Game. So even if you're saying a pin down, I can know what I'm supposed to do on a pin down. Chris Chris but Dunn if, is an elite defender. He's on the better if, team. If Chris, if if KB ain't talking to me or he ain't showing, then what am I supposed to do? I just think it's a collective thing, and I'm not. Right. I, and I'm, I don't want to uh, make an excuse for Zach Levine because I, I agree. Uh, but I don't think when you say it's a shame, I don't think it's a shame. Because he's still young, and when when these teams draft these guys, they're banking on their offensive potential. Mm-hmm. More, so a lot of the, inf- huh? I mean, but just like, would you say even a pin down? That's the pin down in this season. You know, he's an elite defender. He's on a terrible defensive team. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like fifteen? Uh, I have no idea. Because I was watching D'Angelo Russell highlights with the Warriors, and he was in like three clips and was in no more. And I was like, damn, <laughs> did Draymond play less games than I thought? But no, I, yeah, I think that like Zach Levine has never even been on a, a team that was. But we, we again, Bro, we're slighting I, Zach thinking... Levine. The Bulls were top ten defense this season, ladies and gentlemen. The, the defense was not the problem this year; it was the offense, and we got rid of the guy that doesn't know <laughs> offense, so it should be better this year. Are we just are we taking the teams that's not in the bubble? Well, because Dejounte Murray's an elite defender; he's on the Spurs. That's a good point. Back. Um, he did other than that, here are the teams, and I maybe Mike and D, Mike and Derek, y'all can. I mean, Mike and uh, P. The Drew Cavs, Holiday. I, 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 Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's a good one. They had the injuries. The Cavs don't have an elite defender they're, they're, right like, now. Their best defender is literally Larry Nance. Like that's probably the best defender they got on the team. The Wizards don't have a single elite defender. Hmm. The Hawks have a, some guys with defensive potential, but no. Where they rank defenders. it? We're, I'm naming the, the bottom three. That was the bottom three defensive teams in the league. The Trailblazers. Hassan Whiteside's mm-hmm. a good defender. I wouldn't put him elite for sure. No, I wouldn't. I don't think. Um, he's such a Nurkic. Yeah, he's a shame because he, he, he missed the whole season. Yeah, he missed the whole season. Nurkic is Whiteside a Whiteside is a shame because it seems like he has a button he can press where he can be elite. And then he has one. It's like, oh, I forgot to turn my elite defensive switch on. <laughs> that's because he's like, oh, I'm going to get all this stuff just to get subbed out for Nurkic. I feel like that's his switch. Like, he knows that he's going to get no, subbed out anyway. What it really is is that he's hoping that people looking at box scores. Oh, Hassan has six blocks today? And they don't show that he gave up 12 points trying to get those six blocks. Um, and then the Hornets, no one. The Spurs, DeJounte Murray is a good pick. The Knicks, Mitchell Robs is a very good defender. Yeah. He played limited minutes, Robinson. but he's a very good defender. Um, Pistons, 
Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is a great defender. I can say that. Tony Snell's solid. Tony Snell's good. And Drew Holiday's the 1D Mills just said. But those are the bottom nine defensive teams. Lonzo a good defender too. He not a Lonzo's great, right? He, he, yeah, he's Lonzo's a pretty, a he's a damn too. good defender. Yeah, Lonzo was damn near elite. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Did Did he get defensive votes? I don't think he. I don't Never think I remember seeing If Drew Holiday, well, I, I didn't see how many votes Drew, if Drew Holiday got any votes. But if Drew, if he got more votes than Drew Holiday, that's great. No, I don't think he got any votes. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna check it real quick though. I think Devin Booker was a good one to bring up too, Mike. It's bro, I, I, I'm the same way, man. You're not gonna play D until it, it's time to play D. And that's just yeah, not man. like I'm lazy. It's just first of all, I, I'm in your go, case. Okay, maybe it is I'm lazy sometimes, but in, in, <laughs> in the place of a D book, man, when you score 30 points and you, you know, damn near got 10 assists, you can't just play defense 100% of the game. Now, Lonzo did not get a single vote, by the way, no. But what about DeJounte? DeJounte got one vote for second team. Damn. You know who was who's right there to make an all-defensive team? Who? Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn. He was a couple votes away, man. I'm telling you, elite, like literally elite defender, bro. Elite, elite defender. Carried us defensively this year. I'm already um, curious to see if they actually resigned him. I hope they do, as long as it's not I expensive. Do. Yeah, I know. I hope he I, – I like seeing Chris Dunn who – Y'all yeah. need to sign your monster defender to a nice contract, man. Stop playing with him. Oh, okay. It's nice for him is a good that four was... million. There you go. Nice. <laughs> He's so good defensively. <laughs> he got to pay your defensive goal. But he, he also is zero on offense, though. We know, we know that's make. The playmaking is there. It's just the inability to shoot the three. What oh, happened they, to that Chris Dunn that had a... time. I want to find which game this was because now it's... What like, happened this... to the Chris Dunn that had that nice mid-range pull-up off the pick-and-roll? Well, yeah. you know what happened? Jim Boylan told people don't shoot mid-ranges no more. He told yeah. Zach Levine, one of the best mid-range shooters, don't do it anymore. So that that's what happened. Hey, shout-out to the mid-range game. I just watched a 40-minute video of all James Harden mid-range jumpers. 40 minutes for James 40 Harden? 40-minute video? That's that yeah, to be yeah. his whole career, right? Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. Said, not this year. <laughs> Could have been this year. Um, you know what's what's funny? Um, in the Shaquille Harrison stuff that I've been going having to do on Twitter, um, not having to do, but I've been doing. Um, one thing that just just popped out, right? Bleach Report put out an article basically saying the underrated free agents that teams should be looking at, and Shaq Harrison was on that list, and I was like, oh, okay, that's. That's interesting that some random writer was watching the Bulls and think that Shaq Harrison's a you know a good free agency signing, and then I read the little insert. Let me let me see if I can find it real quick, of what it says about Shaq Harrison, basically telling you, this man who wrote this article did not watch a single Bulls game. <laughs> he he looked at some statistics and was like, boom, I bada boom bada bam. I can't, I mean, it's already gone. But basically what he was saying was Shaq Harrison is a six seven wing that can guard one through four, tells me that you didn't watch a single minute of Shaq Harrison this season. Bro, where is this 6'7 shit coming from? So my, what I said <laughs> in my video is that, like, if you look at your keyboard, you know how the seven is right above the four. I think that whoever took his height just hit the wrong button, and it was just that one reference, and it went everywhere, right? But what I'm saying is that, like, in order for you to write this article about underrated signings, shouldn't you have watched some of the players you're going to be rock- – like, there's not a situation this season where – Shaq Harrison was matched up against a four. As a Bulls fan, you like, yep, we're good. We're good. No, no. Not a doubt. So uh, like, watching basketball is something that people are not doing, man. 
I, I, got the, I got the article right here. Okay, please read the uh, the thing that says about Shaq Harrison, please. Six seven, Harrison can guard four positions on his best day, and <laughs> quarterback a stiff a stifling perimeter defender. Um, the Bulls had a strong ninety nine point seven defensive rating with the twenty seven year old, and a one hundred and ten defensive rating without him. And he's not 27 either. That was also a mistake. He is not 20. Today is his 26th birthday. Like, I just, I, I don't understand. That guy who wrote that article did not watch a Bulls game, which is fine because the Bulls suck. But, like, you can't be writing about it if you didn't watch it is what I'm saying. He looked That's at that. Right. You see why he put him in there with D-Mail just read. The defensive rating looked great. But he looked up. <laughs> how tall is Shaq Harrison? 6'7". Oh, he must, if, he, if they say he's 6'7", he must be able to go on four positions. That's just a good height. The defensive rating has to be right. <laughs> Based on what I'm hearing, man, Shaq Harris, Shaq Harrison, and Chris Dunn are gonna be a like y'all not scoring on their ass. We not they not scoring no buckets either. Y'all <laughs> got Zach. It all work out. Um, Bleacher also put up an article of a new mock draft, and I, I want to see what y'all think about this. Of course, every, everybody trade. here with trades. That's what's the interesting part, right? So they're saying that the Timberwolves are gonna take Lamelo because I got this pulled up. <laughs> Bring it up. But yeah, I didn't see I didn't see it though, so I'm interested okay. to hear. So they say the Timberwolves will take Lamelo, no trades. This is again mock draft. This is just this guy's opinion, and this is Jonathan Wise Wiseman. He did. He does all the draft stuff. Second overall pick getting traded. That was something we we predicted, not predicted, but we see can happen with the Warriors trying to do what they do. Three team oh, trades. Trades. I saw What'd your you bull. Oh, I haven't got that far. So if the Bulls made a trade, we're gonna talk about that. But the three team trade for the second overall pick has. Anthony Edwards going to Indiana out of all places. Okay. And that has the Warriors getting Miles Turner and pick number six. Interesting. And the Hawks get Wiggins and that first round pick from Minnesota. That first round pick from Minnesota might be super, super good. I'm just saying. I'm Wait, just repeat it again. First so, repeating it. The Pacers get the second overall pick, which turns into Anthony Edwards. The okay. Warriors get pick number six and Miles Turner get the center that they've been wanting for years. And then the Hawks get Wiggins to play alongside Trey Young and then the first round pick from Minnesota that was traded to get D'Angelo Russell. Hmm. Which is in this draft, right? It is, no, next year's draft. Oh. Top three protected, but next year's draft. Hmm. That's interesting. What, what would Indiana do with Victor Oladipo? He said he, he, he might want out, so I guess they just hit the reset. I don't know. I don't know, but that that was hey, number two. Me, who is the winner to y'all? I have a winner in my Warriors. Head. I got the Warriors. If they get Miles Turner, Miles Turner and six overall pick. Yeah, that's the Warriors. The Warriors are just like that. The Warriors are that good where they just add anybody with some quality. Because I mean, last year they literally had almost nobody except for like the the three main guys that didn't even really play. But you just add them, they just seem deadly. I mean, like Miles Turner, all he's got to do is have to block shots, block shots, and just stand in the corner. Yeah, I mean, like, occasionally gonna have to set a screen, but the Warriors, the Warriors looking at chops with that one. Yeah, I, I don't think the Hawks do it. I, I don't think they take on Wiggins's contract. No, no, no shot. You got you got to pay Trey Young next season. So you're you gonna have Mouse Turner and Draymond defending. And you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to uh, yeah pay John Collins too. So like, and my bro getting his money. Yeah, yeah. Then, then that hurts the development of your other two young wings of Cam Reddish and DeAndre. Mm, yeah, I love the idea of the Hawks just keeping a pick and drafting another wing. I think they should just load up on wings 
and and let them develop and may the chips fall where they may. Who else? Out of those three, one of them is going to be elite, and then you just hope that the other two, if they're not elite as well, are serviceable. But there's a but chance. Kevin like Herter as well. And yeah, I don't think he's going to be elite though. But they'll have. Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter both have the chance to be elite in what they do. Not elite overall NBA players, but like wing, three and D wings. Hunter can do three and four. Reddish can do one, two, three. And you I, I, you just add another, like Isaac Okoro, who has probably the, the highest defensive upside in this draft. You get him and see what he can do. He just, he just got to hit the three. Right. Pick number three, they have James Wiseman going to the Charlotte Hornets. Makes sense. They need a center. Um, they got guard play that they like, I guess, and Cody Zeller. They've been trying to get a center for 10 years now. Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo, list goes on. So they get a center to build around. Cool. Pick number four, the Bulls trade down. They trade to the Knicks, who take Tyrese Hallenburton. Shout out to the homie. And the Bulls get pick 8, 38, and Kevin Knox. Ooh. Mmm, Kevin Knox. Nice, got a nice wing to... You know, to do work what? on it, work to on it what? as a project. Work on it as a project, man. We already got projects. <laughs> you just <laughs> add into our workload. <laughs> the reason I don't like this trade um, is because there's a chance Tyrese Halliburton will be it's there. It's right? Yeah. I think if the Knicks trade up, it will be to get Killian Hayes because he's the one that probably won't be there. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance that Tyrese Halliburton is going. Yeah. So, I mean, you're giving up. You're not. You know, you're giving up Knox in the 38 pick. Um, the Bulls, you get Knox, you get the 38 pick, and you get, I mean, you trade down. Yeah, maybe there's somebody down there that they like more yeah. than the people that's up here. So, right. but I, I don't know if, if the Knicks. I don't know if I'm doing. I, I'd rather just let let they let them fall to me. Trading up and you get Tyrese Halliburton or whoever you want to get, and it ain't it. You, like, I like Halliburton though. I think he's gonna be a player that's gonna be hard to fail in the league. He's a winning player. He just does too much to not be good. I feel but, that. I feel that. Trading up for him, I think Killian Hayes is the is the guy that would be traded up for. Who they got going fifth? Denny. Denny Abdiya to the Cavaliers. Perfect fit. Um next one. We already talked about this trade, but they got the Warriors taking Isaac Okoro. So they get Miles Turner and Isaac Okoro, which is So nice. now you get to breed Isaac Okoro in a background for years, and he has the highest defensive upside of any wing player in this draft. He just can't shoot. Right. <laughs> he plays like Justice Winslow, has some shades of Jimmy Butler. So imagine having that player and you just he just learning from Clay, Steph, Draymond. He can't, he can't shoot. That's a great team to go to to learn. I mean, right. crazy. 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 he's going to make up for it. With that much of upside and still and, and be in the contention. That is crazy to me. Trade number, I mean, uh, pick number seven. Uh, Obi Toppin. Oh, Toppin. So they're going to say that y'all trade down at eight and still get Killian Hayes. And we get yeah. Killian Hayes at eight. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they say. Um, sure. The, the Bulls are the draft day winners if that happens. So you just got <laughs> you traded back to get Killian Hayes, which just sounds ridiculous. You bring uh, in Knox, who's probably going to get to Chicago and play a lot better than he did in New York because that's just the way shit happens for the Knicks. And then you get the 38th pick, which to me has value in this draft. You can get that. That's just the eighth pick in the second round. So the reason why Kevin Knox would be good, better now is because Fortnite is not a, is a dead game. So he's not spending hours on Fortnite no more. Is it, though? I no, see a lot not. of people no, still no, on that actually, game. Not. We just I don't play it. Yeah, yeah. But, but people still play it. Number I nine. Just, I, don't, I don't hear about it on no Devin Vassell, I'm guessing. 
They got a double O going to the Wizards. A Wongu? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That ain't bad. Him and Rui Hachimura in the front court? I mean, Thomas Bryan I like, so I guess he's out of the picture. <laughs> yeah, but. that's basically what they're saying. With their 29th ranked defense, they need somebody to hold it down. Double O can do that. That's basically now, I'm working on my draft board to mm-hmm. start doing draft stuff on YouTube. I'm considering having him as my number one on the draft board. He's wow. that good. I, I he, he is like especially the the more and more Bam thrives, the more and more he looks good because he's just like Bam Al Horford is. I mean, he ain't shooting yet, mm-hmm. but I mean Al Horford didn't start shooting threes till fucking I don't know when. But right. he's no. that good, man. Shoot, that two K card that they dropped last season was burning that thing. You just smacking. Yeah, Eddie Curry had a three on that too. So <laughs> is, that, is that all they did? A Devin Vassell at ten. To the Suns. To the Suns. They get Devin Vassell, Kelly Oubre, and Mikael Bridges. The Suns sounds like a perfect. And Cam Johnson, they just going nuts with hey, the they, they got your boy Sadiq going to the Pelicans, Mike. So that that that's you a know. nice little fit, man. <laughs> nice little fit. Yeah, I mean they keep going for pretty much the entire first round, but we're not going that deep. Let's go to, let's go to fifteen. That would be All the right, end. Go fifteen. Um, at eleven they have Patrick Will uh, Williams to the, Spurs, <gasps> to the Spurs. To the Spurs. You know, hey, I'm gonna tell you one of my comparisons for him is Kawhi. Hmm. That makes sense. I thought he was a big. I need to do more research. He is big, but he's not a big. Okay. He can't. He, he's three four. He built like Paul Millsap, strong. Oh, okay. Talking about like top four, power forward in the league, Paul Millsap. Yeah, right, Millsap? <laughs> top five. Top five. <laughs> oh, my fault. Top five. My fault. My fault. Uh, number 12, they got RJ Hampton going to the Kings. <sighs> Look at his face. They're going to add another guard for them. Yeah. So they already, they already got a backcourt, man. They got to trade Buddy Hill. I'm pretty confident Buddy Hill would not be a King player. Leave me. You're about to Bogdanovich. Yeah, they got Bogdanovich too. Oh, so yeah, they're going to they have him at have one of them run the three. No, he's just tell him, chill, mm-hmm. come off the bench, learn a little bit from the vets there. I don't. Zach Levine, Jordan Clarkson, mold there. We already talked about number thirteen. That was that was Sadiq Bay. Number fourteen, Jalen Smith to the Boston Celtics. Are you serious? Would have a stretch five is what they said. Versatility yes, to block shots, switch everything. He's Mount Turnish. So that's the Celtics. They just the Celtics every year just load up in a draft class because they got three first round picks this year. Right. <laughs> and Jaylen, even the Miles Turner every year. Jalen Smith is a guy to Pelicans. I got you. I got you. To Pelicans, Zion. Yeah. And then lastly, at pick number fifteen, we have Kira Lewis. Kyra, Kira, Kyra Lewis. Um, to the Orlando Magic. Perfect. I've seen that in a bunch of months. Perfect. Speedy. Shoot the three. I made me worried when you say you a perfect fit for the magic. <laughs> the magic those they they're always seem like that not far that far away. They just straddle around the AFC. Mm. Uh, you know, it's hard to see what Markel Fultz is gonna be. I love Markel and I'm rooting for him, but it, like didn't he not really play that much in the playoffs or something? Or didn't start or something was something was off. He didn't start or something. Yeah, he something. didn't start in the playoffs. They started uh DJ August. Okay, yeah. Uh Still got to figure out what they doing with Aaron Gordon. Like yep. that all. It's a lot a of question marks in that that uh, that team right now. Jonathan Isaac got hurt again. Right. Every time we was talking about them getting better, it had to deal with like Jonathan Isaac making a push or Aaron Gordon getting better. Like 
It, they just don't. They, they're just kind of cool with their head, where they're at. I mean, Jonathan Isaac, he looked like he was about to start doing well until he got hurt again. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, it seems like they're going to have to just tra- make a trade to get something different or, or to try to get like a better player because it's just they don't have the, the – their players just don't progress the way Correct they should. Correct they should just press reset. Yeah, facts. No, yeah, 100%. That as well. That as well. 100%. I agree. They probably have been trying, but they probably ain't getting the value that they want for Vucevic, right? right. So they probably just I, don't want to give them it's away. Cool. It's cool to be one of those, like, borderline teams that makes the playoffs, like, every year, especially just, like, getting that experience. But it gets to a certain point where you're like, okay, we got to do something different. Like, it, it, you get tired of coming back to the same, you know, messy room every year. And I think I think the fans feel that way, too, because – we have Zach from um, HOH. I was like, man, he's like, it's just hard being a. He said it's hard being a, a Magic fan. This is what he yeah, said. Yeah, I, I knew. I knew it was just. It, it had to be like a Magic fan thing, because you know when you're a fan of your team and you see like these players like almost you know day in day out, you see like all the stuff they do wrong and all that. But I remember we were talking to him. He was like, "Yeah, man, I can't wait to get rid of Evan Fournier." Like, you know, I'm like, I was like, I thought Evan Fournier yeah, was after, pretty we good. We thought Evan Fournier was nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come. I thought he was nice. Like, it's so weird when you tweet, like you'll tweet about somebody, just you thinking somebody's cool, and they'd be like, "Bro, I fucking hate. we hate him here." Bro, bro. <laughs> and I, I think it's different. Like, let's say if the if the Bulls, the Knicks, the Hawks end up making the AC as fans, we're super excited. But having a team that makes the AC every year for the last three years is no different. One, yeah, yeah, no one. You're probably about to you about to get your ass swept. Exactly. Or at least like you're about to just get out of there in that first round. Exactly. Um, hey. I, I got one, another one I had said. Um, Knicks NBA, eyeing Victor Oladipo. You saw that one? Said it again. Knicks eyeing Victor Oladipo. Let's just be, y'all. Let's just be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good response. No disrespect to Oladipo. But just real quick, my mindset as a Knicks fan is we've done the chasing stars and all of that. Let's just finally build and, like, build some some foundation. Because like, Oladipo isn't going to be, a, like, a game big game changer for y'all anyway. Not even that, bro. I feel like the Knicks just need to be like, okay, if he's if somebody's gonna sign here, okay, or are we gonna make a trade to get somebody cool? But stop just like, okay, yeah, we're eyeing him, we're gonna pick him up. Like, stop <laughs> doing that because he just can't it's always gonna be cool. there because the media. We're right. in the biggest media thing, but I, right. like, let's not do it. Let even and if we're gonna do it, let's continue with a plan. But like the whole shortcut, like if we look at championship teams, nobody's really made a shortcut. They've all like builded their teams. I mean, I guess the Lakers got LeBron. But like that's the Heat, like the, that's the only cheat code, really. I mean, right. I, mean, I guess like you KD, have to sign like, like yeah, said. top two player. But the Heat built that team ground up. Uh, the the Lakers shit. They the Lakers are able to be there because they built their team and just traded the assets away. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to just come with not really much assets, no foundation, just money, and we just gonna just put like nah, bro. But uh, NBA's best players most likely to change teams this offseason. I'm sure KB probably saw this. Yeah. Um, Demar Derozan. It's seven people, DeMar DeRosa, and they said the Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, and Portland Trailblazers should all be interested. Mm, and a the playoffs, they should be looking at they should trade LA. A decent offer to resign with the Nuggets, four year, sixty million dollar deal. What'd you say? Four sixty? Jeremy oh. Grant is expected to receive a decent offer to resign oh. with the Nuggets. Four year, sixty million dollars. Wait, or net, that just may be the question. Four sixty, I would, I think I would pay four sixty for him. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, I, I think he that. is that good. Yeah, twenty five years old still. Don't see him getting worse anytime soon. So four sixty. No. I, I do one for you better, Jeremy Grant. 
signed to the Knicks for four years, $64 million. That's the type of shot I'm on if I'm the Knicks. I want good winning players, and we're going to give you just a little bit more than what the other team can give you. Right. Um, but I'm curious to see, like, wouldn't he just stay with the Nuggets so that way he can actually win and compete? Yeah. I mean, prior- right, depending on what his own personal priorities are. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just say, and this is all hypothetical. I'm not saying the Knicks should do this or will do this, but – or even the Hawks, because the Hawks could really use a Jeremy Grant as well. So – 15 million from the Nuggets. Let's say the Hawks say, hey, we got 20 for you. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You can build um, and grow there. Atlanta's a great city. Trey Young, you got another star you're playing alongside. I, that's a conversation. He would probably have that real debate with his family. Um. So, yeah, D-Mails, they say Portland should be interested in, in, in your boy. I don't know how they get DeMar DeRozan. No idea. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well, how the hell do they even get DeRozan? Uh, second on the list is Danilo Gallinari. They said uh, they don't have. They would have made that trade for him on. uh, That's what they're saying. They're saying Miami should once again go after Gallinari, as should the Nets and the Trailblazers, either in free agency or via sign and trade. Uh, Third is Buddy Hield. They're saying his relationship with the Kings is bad. Uh, The Philadelphia 76ers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Brooklyn Nets. Should would all be perfect fits. The, look so at Mike. The Lakers package is so bad. I don't, yeah, I don't know what we would really send. Danny Green oh, in, him in a corner instead of Danny Green. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Drew yeah. Holiday is my way. Then they're saying uh, the Denver Nuggets are one of the teams that could pursue him after the chatter at the deadline. The 76ers should be heavy interest in a reunion with both Holiday and JJ Redick as complementary pieces to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And the Dallas Mavericks, Milwaukee Bucks, and Orlando Magic could all use shooting guard upgrades. One of the most underrated NBA players and best defenders, Holiday could quickly create a bidding war for his services, tempting the Pelicans to trade their star guard. Mm. Um, at five, we have Victor Oladipo. Right. Um, I'm trying to... Okay, the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, and Dallas Mavericks should all be interested in all offer attractive situations that could compel him to resign and trade and resign a free agency. Um yeah the Heat man, the Heat I just they just position so well. I mean we're talking about them potentially going and get Victor Oladipo or Gallinari or Drew Holiday. Oh here go K B boy. Chris Paul. Oh I thought you was about to say Chris Dunn. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um his contract is brutal. Eighty-five point six million over the next two years. That is crazy, bro. Uh, but his all-star play and leadership should convince teams to pursue him. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, and even the Chicago Bulls. Wow. Reunite him with Donovan would all make sense. We have Billy Donovan. Prioritizing cap space in 2021. No. We're good on it. And last but not least, Miles Turner. Like Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner's time and with Indiana may be coming to an end. Um, the Pacers should see what they can get. The Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks, and Boston Celtics should all be calling about him. Teams that we probably would have predicted. But that Chris Paul with the Bulls, look at KB. He want to smile so bad. He tried to hold in that smile. Don't let it out. And we're going to be in the United Center with his hey, hands. Y'all, key, y'all, making, y'all making the playoffs with Chris Paul, though. Like, I think y'all do. Without a doubt. At least yeah, get y'all over that, hump. Who's saving that cap for? To give it to Shaquille Harrison? 
He's six seven there. <laughs> yeah, that six seven defensive monster. <laughs> they gotta y'all gotta do something with that money, man. Money coming, money go. Chicago cheap, man. Because they gave Jabari twenty million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Lakers fan talking about you gotta spend the money like y'all did on Luau, like y'all did on Timothy Mozgov. <laughs> hey, look where we at now, though. Hey, like I said, money coming, money go, man. Hey, the Knicks paid Noah some Joker, crazy. <laughs> nah, that's it, man. Thank you, everybody that watched. Broke asses over there. We got money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him a bag and was still able to get Kyrie or KD if we wanted their asses. <laughs> then they went right down the street. <laughs> you want to see something? I got this in the mail the other day, and I think we're giving this away on House of Highlights. Who's that sign by? That's Magic Johnson. Oh, shit. How, 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 you, how, you, yeah, how you enter into that? How you enter into that I contest? I have no team? idea. I think HOH is going to decide that. I have no idea. I feel idea. like they won't let you enter, Mike. On, yeah. Man. How about you just say, can I get one? <laughs> See what happened yesterday? P made a joke about food. He's like, we got y'all. He's like, oh, yeah, snap. Hey. I, I just I was gonna be like, nah, I ain't say that, but I had, I just had to shut my mouth after that. She talking about, yeah, I got y'all. <laughs> okay. All right, that's all we got today. We'll be back um on Saturday, and by that time, Tuesday, Thursday, it could be over. series could be over, bro. Yeah, we could be, be we could be in the off season officially next time. I need to be over. I put money on it going four one. So. Mm. Hey, mm, we'll not, not, a, not that I'm hearing that basketball could be over, I kind of want it to go longer. Yeah, all right, right. right. you'll take on them losing. Go I want Jimmy D. Mills to start no, doing anyway. some draft work. I'm gonna pull it right should know who Jalen Smith is uh, right after the show, huh? I, well, y'all I, should know I, who Tyrese Taliburton is. Yeah, he's a dude that struggles with his size, from what I heard. All right, we're he gone. struggles we're with his size. Bye. <laughs>